have a Bible with you, if you'd like to open to the book of Acts and chapter 21. Today I want to talk about an event that's recorded in this uh, chapter of Acts. It's actually the time when Paul the Apostle was arrested while he was in Jerusalem in the temple. And Michelle and I have been reading through the book, the New Testament um, over the last few months, spending a fair bit of time uh, just sort of slowly working our way through it. And we've been working our way through the book of Acts. We got to this part the other day, and it really struck me, this story. And it's never really, I guess I never really thought about this story much before. Obviously I knew it happened. But uh, as we read it, a few things stood out to me. So today I want to talk about this story of Paul's arrest. I want to think about what happened leading up to Paul's arrest, provide a bit of bit of understanding about why he was arrested, what happened at the time, and then also what happened after he was arrested, what were the consequences. And there's three points uh, I got from this story, uh, and I'll tell you the three points now. So the first point is others may be more experienced, but God can use you take the gospel further. The second point is sometimes people make decisions that affect us badly, but if we remain humble, God can and will use us. The third point is we must use whatever situation we're in to take the gospel further, and God will put people in our path who need to hear. There are the three points from this story, and hopefully as we go through, I'll expand on those and you understand it. So We're going to do a little bit of reading to start off with, so um, I thought I'd summarise it, but I thought actually it reads better from the Bible than me summarising it, so I'll uh, read it straight from the Word of God. Chapter 21, verse 17, it says, And when we were come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. And the day following, Paul went in with us unto James, and all the elders were present. Now James was the leader of the church in Jerusalem, was also the brother of Jesus and also the man who wrote the book of James. Um, and when he had saluted them, he declared particularly what things God had wrought among the Gentiles by his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord and said unto him, this is unto Paul, Thou seest, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are which believe, and they are all zealous of the law. And they are informed of thee that thou teachest all the Jews which are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, neither to walk after the customs. What is it therefore? The multitude must needs come together, for they will hear that thou art come. Do therefore this that we say to thee. We have four men which have a vow on them. Take them and purify thyself with them and be at charges with them, that they may shave their heads, and all may know that those things whereof they were informed concerning thee are nothing, but that thou thyself also walks orderly and keepest the law. As touching the Gentiles which believe, we have written and concluded that they observe no such thing, save only that they keep themselves from things offered to the idols, and from blood, and from strangled, and from fornication. Then Paul took the men, and the next day, purifying himself with them, entered into the temple to signify the accomplishment of the days of purification, until that an offering should be offered for every one of them. 
When the seven days were almost ended, the Jews, which were of Asia, when they saw him in the temple, stirred up all the people and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man that teaches all men everywhere against the people and the law and this place, and further brought Greeks also into the temple, and has polluted this holy place. For they had seen before with him in the city Trophimus and Ephesian, whom they supposed Paul had brought into the temple. And all the city were moved, and the people ran together, and they took Paul and drew him out of the temple, and forthwith the doors were shut. And as they went about to kill him, tidings came unto the chief priests of the band that all Jerusalem was in an uproar, who immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down unto them. When they saw the chief captain and the soldiers, they left beating of Paul. Then the chief captain came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains and demanded who he was and what he had done. I'll just leave the story there for now. So here's this, this story of Paul being arrested in, in the temple. But I think to understand this story you need a little bit of context and I want to take us, uh, spend a little bit of time now reading through a few scriptures to understand why this happened, why it was such a bad thing for Paul to be in the temp- uh, temple and for the, uh, the Jews to arrest him. So if you just turn over to the next chapter, I want to talk a little bit about Paul, just a little bit of background about him. And we'll pick it up in verse 1 of chapter 22. And this is Paul talking to the people who, uh, all the, all the Jews who were trying to, uh, kill him. He, he was with the, um, the captain of the guard. And he says, Men, brethren, and fathers, hear ye my defense, which I make now unto you. When they heard that he spake in Hebrew tongue to them, they kept more silence. And he said, I am verily a man, which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city of Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous towards God, as ye are all this day. And I persecuted this way into the death, binding and delivering into prison both men and women, as also the high priest does bear me witness, and all the state of the elders, from whom all side received letters unto the brethren, and went to Damascus, to bring them which were bound unto Jerusalem, for to be punished. And here Paul sort of explains a bit of his background to the Jews. And it's likely that a lot of these Jews already knew his background, but he's just saying it again. So what we get from this is Paul was brought up like the people who wanted to kill him. He was actually brought up as a very highly educated um, Jew. Uh, he was educated by a man called Gamaliel, who was one of the um, leading Jewish scholars of the time. And he was very, very zealous towards the Jewish religion. And so zealous that he tried to kill the Christians. And we read the story of he was there when Stephen was killed and the people laid their, their clothes at, at his feet as um, Stephen was killed in front of him. And he even goes to say, and my duty was the high priest gave me letters so I could go to another city to continue to kill and persecute Christians. That's the kind of person I was. So we're going to pick up that story in, uh, earlier in the book of Acts, in chapter 9. I'll go back there. So he, he gives a bit of background. So this is, the, this is the man Paul. This is what he did. And in chapter 9, he's on the way to Damascus, and all of a sudden he sees this bright light shine out, and it's Jesus, and Jesus speaks to him. 
And Jesus tells him that he needs to go uh, and speak to a man called Ananias. And he'll tell him words that he must do to be saved. So we're going to pick it up in verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prays. And has seen a vision, seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he has done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So this is a time when Paul was, I guess, converted. He went on to be baptised. Um... And he received his sight. He went on to receive the Holy Spirit. We know Paul, the apostle, spoke in tongues. He talks about it very clearly in the book of Corinthians. He talks about how he prays God that he thanks God that he speaks in tongues more than all of us. He prayed a lot in the Spirit that God had given him. So he received this amazing blessing, amazing turn in his life, going from a man killing Christians to going to a Christian. Amazing conversion. But this passage here, it really strikes me, and it sort of sums up. A lot of the rest of the book of Acts, it says um, he's a chosen vessel to bear my name before the Gentiles. And the second half of the book of Acts is all about Paul bearing the name of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. It says, and kings, and as we'll read later on, Paul actually went on to preach the gospel to kings and to the children of Israel, and he did. He preached it to the children of Israel. For I'll show him how great things he must suffer. And we read also a lot of the things that Paul the Apostle suffered. When we read the book of Acts, when we read through the epistles that he wrote, he talks about the amazing suffering he went through. So these verses here really sum up and paint a picture for the rest of the book of Acts of what's to come and exactly what happened in Paul's life. So, turning to the first point, others may be more experienced, but God can use you to take the gospel further. So in verse 17, we're going to read it, keep reading. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hand on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, as thou camest, has sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received his sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. And when he had received me, he was strengthened, then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. And straight away he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem, came hither for that intent, that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests? But Paul increased the more in strength, and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. And just over in chapter... Oh, no, that's the end there. 
So we can see here an amazing change in Paul from one moment wanting to kill Christians, next minute preaching fearlessly in the temple in front of everyone that Jesus was the Christ. The other thing I get from this is he was actually taken in by the saints. Even though they would have been scared from, of him, and you read Ananias was scared of him, the saints actually brought him in and cared for him and taught him, uh, they would have taught him the ways of the, the gospel. Paul already knew the Old Testament very, very well. He was a highly trained Pharisee. But the saints brought him in and gave him a, a foundation in the teachings of Jesus Christ. And then Paul went out with the experience of receiving the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit was then able to preach that without fear. In Galatians, chapter 1, I just want to turn there. Galatians chapter 1 is actually a book written by Paul, the Apostle. This is a book written before Paul was arrested. So after these events of him being born again and receiving the Holy Spirit and before his arrest. And in Galatians chapter 1, he talks a little bit, again, a little bit more about himself. For he says, For ye have heard of my conversation in time, is in verse 13, For ye have heard of my conversation in time past under Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it and profited in the Jews' religion above many, my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the tradition of my fathers. For when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen or the Gentiles, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went I to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. But the other apostles saw a none save James, the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto thee, behold, before God I lie not. Afterwards I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea which were in Christ. For they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preaches the faith once he destroyed which once he destroyed, and they glorified God in me. And in chapter 2, Then fourteen years later, after I went again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me, and I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which are of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. So that's a lot of reading. I don't have that much reading to go like that. So, I guess I want to paint a bit of a picture here. So here was this man, had an amazing turnaround in his life, and then he started preaching the gospel almost straight away. And then after three years, he went to Jerusalem and he met Peter, the apostle. He met James, the brother of Jesus. And then it was another 14 years later before he went back there. But he wasn't one of the original apostles. And this is getting back to my point. There's others who are more experienced. Paul was a not an experienced Christian when he received the Holy Spirit. He was one minute not Christian, the next minute he was a Christian. And there were people who had gone before him for many years. Had the twelve apostles, we had the apostles of Jesus Christ. He had James, the brother of Jesus. You read about Philip. You read about Stephen, who Paul was there and watching him die for the, for the gospel. 
you hear about all these people who'd preached the gospel had been foundation members of the Christian religion. They had gone out and started the church in Jerusalem. They'd started the church in Samaria, around Judea. They'd done all those things. They'd set the church in place, the gospel in place. But all of a sudden this man, this out, this vicious man comes in. He gets converted. And he is the one who's taken to take the gospel out. Not any of those original ones, not Peter, not James. They didn't necessarily take the gospel to the Gentiles. But this man, Paul, his life changed and God used him to preach the gospel, to take the gospel further. All these other people were much more experienced. They spent three and a half years walking and talking with Jesus Christ. But God chose Paul to take the gospel out further. And the second half of the book of Acts is all about Paul preaching the gospel. Two-thirds of the book of the New Testament are written by this man, Paul. So the point I guess I want to get here is sometimes I've been born to parents who are in this fellowship and we've got amazing foundation pastors and saints still with us, which is quite amazing. We've had a lot of work done where we are, but that doesn't mean that the Lord can't use us, the Lord can't use me, the Lord can't use you to take the gospel further. In fact, he must use me and you to take the gospel further. So Paul was used of the Lord for a purpose. The Lord can use every single one of us to take the gospel further, whether it's where we live here, whether it's we happen to move somewhere else and take the gospel there, whether we travel and we take the gospel where we travel. But the Lord can and will use us to do that. That's the first point. Okay. The second point is sometimes people make decisions that affect us badly. But if we remain humble, God can and will use us. So, I want to talk a little bit to understand why Paul was um, sent to the temple in the first place and why he was arrested. We sort of need to understand a little bit about why it was so controversial. Why was he so controversial that they hated him so much? So a little bit of context. So when the Holy Spirit was first poured out and the Christian church first started, they were all Jews. Everyone who received the Holy Spirit were Jews. It was, And in fact, it was pretty much considered a Jewish religion, an offshoot of the Jewish religion. They're called a Jewish sect. And it appears that most of the Jews, most of the Jewish Christians continued to keep the law from the time that they received the Holy Spirit and were baptised. That's what it appears to when, when I read through my, my Bible. It doesn't look like they changed because that was what they had been doing all their life and every single person who had been baptised and spirit-filled was also a Jew. So why would you change? Paul, as we know, was a highly educated Jew, and he most likely did the same thing when he was baptised and filled with the Holy Spirit. But as we know, Paul was sent to the Gentiles. All of a sudden, he's preaching the gospel to people who were never Jews, had never been brought up with the Jewish religion. And all of a sudden, he had to realise, I'm sure the question came to him, is, do the Gentiles need to keep the law? It's a new challenge. When you, when you take yourself out of where you're used to, your comfort zone area, 
and you take yourself somewhere else, you will experience challenges and it will make you ask questions. And I believe that's what happened to Paul. He went out there and this, this happened to him. And Paul actually came to the realisation that it actually not, you don't, he didn't need to keep the law. The law was not necessary for salvation, but salvation came through faith and grace. You needed to be filled with God's Holy Spirit, but that came through the grace of God. And you only receive the Holy Spirit by display of faith in the Lord, and that you receive that. He came to that realisation, and that's uh, what he preached. You can read it all through his epistles. That's, that's what he preaches. But not all Jewish Christians agreed with him. In fact, a lot of the Jewish Christians disagreed with his teaching. And what happened is a number of those Jewish Christians came from Jerusalem to the different churches where Paul had been and started telling people, the Gentiles, you must keep the law as well. You must be circumcised. You must obey the Sabbath. You must obey the food laws. And um, the book of Galatians is a great example of where Paul addresses that. The Galatians, where we just, we're just reading that right now. And he, he talks about that. People came in saying they had to keep the law, they had to be circumcised. And Paul argues really, really strongly against that in the book of Galatians. And remember, this was written before he was arrested, this book of Galatians. And he uses the example of Abraham, who was the father of the children of Israel. And he says, well, Abraham didn't have the law. He came before the law. But Abraham was saved through faith. And he uses that argument in the book of um, Galatians. And then goes on to say, those who, are, who also have faith become the children of Abraham. So what is in fact he's saying is, if you Gentiles, you Galatians, if you have faith, not only have you got salvation, but you are now the true Israel, the true Jews, you're children of Abraham. You've been brought into the kingdom of God, the family of God, into the covenant. That's the book of Galatians. Um, I don't have time to read it all, but in the book of Acts, in chapter 15, you can read this in your own time. Paul goes to Jerusalem. This is where he's in Galatians 2. And he says, then 14 years later, I went to Jerusalem. Acts 15 is that time. And it records what happened at, at that time. And he went to Jerusalem and he gave an account of the amazing miracles, the amazing uh, um, salvation given to the Gentiles, the amazing things that were going on there. And everyone rejoiced at this. But he also went there because he wanted to say, but we've got people coming out saying they must keep the law. And they had a big council, got together, Peter the Apostle stood up and, and spoke, said, well, you know that by me the gospel went to the Gentiles through Cornelius. And then James, the brother of Jesus, who wrote the book of James, he stands up and says, okay, based on all of this, we're not going to make the Gentiles keep the law. There's only four things that they need to keep. Um, that's uh, need to abstain from pollution of idols, fornication, things strangled, and from blood. And they write a letter. And that's sent to all the Gentile churches saying, you don't need to keep the law, but you need to keep these four things. And those four things all relate to uh, pagan or idol worship. Okay, so that's setting the scene. Now let's get back to Paul's arrest. So now Paul's come back to Jerusalem many years later, 
And now James and the elders are now telling him that he needs to show the other Jews that he's keeping the law. And this doesn't make sense. After everything we've just heard and what Paul's preached and the decision that was made in Jerusalem previously, it doesn't seem to make sense. And I started thinking, well, how would Paul have felt about that? They told him that he has to go into the temple, purify himself, and show the other Jews that he obeys the law. He would have felt a bit conflicted. I would have. Because um, that was contrary to his teachings. Maybe think, was James and the leaders, he was the leader of the church in Jerusalem, was he right or was he wrong? And the Bible doesn't say one way or the other. It just says this is what happened. But what I find really amazing with this is that despite how Paul may have felt about this, he still obeyed the direction of the leaders of the church. He displayed amazing humility to still do that, despite how he may have been thinking or felt about it. But I think 1 Corinthians 9, if you want to turn there, give us a little indication of why Paul, of how, how Paul thought. 1 Corinthians 9. And verse 19. And again, 1 Corinthians is written uh, a number of years before Paul's arrest. So this is, this is how he was feeling before that time. He says, For though I be free from all men, yea, have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I become a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might, might by all means save some. This is a little insight into Paul's thinking. Why he would humble himself. Why he would do these things. All Paul wanted was to see people saved. All Paul wanted was to save. He talks about how he took it to the gospel to the Gentiles, but he wishes he, he would love by, by preaching the gospel that might actually maybe shame the Jews into coming being converted. He talks about that in his epistles. He just wanted the Jews to be saved. He wanted the Gentiles to be saved. And he would do he would become weak to preach the gospel to the weak. He would put aside his own pride so that people could be saved. So sometimes people will say things or put you in a situation that is bad for you. Paul was put in a bad situation here. He ended up going to the temple and from that he got arrested and spent the next two or three years in jail or in prison as a a prisoner. They put him in that position but he remained humble and the Lord used him. Okay, I know I'm running out of time so we're going to keep moving. Okay, the third point. We must use whatever situation we are in to take the gospel further. God will put people in our paths who need to hear. So, as I said, as a result of Peter's arrest, he was um, spent the next two to three years as a prisoner. He ended up in Rome. But he didn't let the fact that he was a prisoner stop him preaching the gospel or doing the work of the Lord. 
We read earlier a bit of a prophecy before the Apostle Paul was baptized and spirit-filled that he would take the gospel to the Gentiles, who take it to kings. And it was in this point, and it talks about him suffering many things, that he's now suffered, he's in prison, and it's at this point that he fulfills that prophecy. It's at this point that he gets to preach the gospel to uh, two governors, Roman governors, Governor Felix and Governor Portius Festus. And not long after that, he preaches the gospel to King Agrippa, who was the last of the Herods. So he'd been put into this horrible position, but the Lord uses him where he is. The Lord uses him to preach the gospel to people who probably never would have heard the gospel any other way. Very unlikely they would have had the chance to have someone preach the gospel to them, except as a prisoner comes before them, a prisoner like Paul. The Lord used his situation. What we also know is during that time that he was arrested, he wrote four of the epistles. He wrote Philippians, he wrote Ephesians, he wrote Colossians, he wrote Philemon. He wrote four epistles while he was in prison. Which is, for us, a great thing, because I believe if he wasn't in prison, we would never have had those epistles, because he would have gone there and spoken to them. But the fact that he was in prison is now he wrote those epistles which have encouraged and um, inspired people for generations. I want to turn to one of those epistles, Philippians chapter 4. Verse 11. So remember, Paul's writing this in prison. Philippians 4 verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Written by the Apostle Paul in prison to the Philippians, a church he loved. And it gives us some insight to Paul, doesn't it? that he learned that no matter what circumstances he was in, he had to be content and know that the Lord was working through him and the Lord was his strength. I guess the lesson to us is sometimes we will be abased. Sometimes we will become weak. Sometimes we'll be put in positions that are horrible, that we never wanted to be in. But that doesn't mean the Lord can't use us in those circumstances. The Lord can and will use us in those circumstances if we continue to let him be our strength. But conversely, there'll be times when we are bound. There'll be times when we are strong. And the times when we're, the blessing is there. And again, we need to use those times for the Lord. We need to be content in that as well. Actually, sometimes it's when you're abounding, sometimes when you're not content because you're abounding so much you want to abound more. But you need to be learn to be content in what the Lord's given us. And Paul learned that. So just to summarise, others may be more experienced than us, but the Lord can use you. 
to take the gospel out. Sometimes people are going to make decisions that are going to turn out badly for you. But if we remain humble, the Lord can and will use us. And finally, no matter what our circumstances are, the Lord's put us there and he'll give us the strength and we can take his gospel to wherever we are and whatever situation we're in. Amen.